The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who going this town tonight. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. I'm in studio, Demery Lachey. Kwame Lasseter, he is out for the day once again, but should be calling in today. If not, please don't forget to call in on the show at 888-346-9144. The number is 888-346-9144. It is Monday and we are live today. Well, I should say I'm live today in studio after a long, very, very long weekend, especially with the holiday on Friday uh, with Halloween, dealing with coming in off of Halloween Friday. It was bananas out here in the Valley. We uh, host a show out of Phoenix, Arizona. So Phoenix, this is my first Halloween, uh, I guess I could say a Halloween celebration that I was uh, intrigued to in the city of Phoenix. I heard a bunch of stuff about how this holiday gets celebrated. I walked straight into it for the weekend, and it was it was a lovely venue to be at. Uh, this city really knows how to celebrate the holiday of Halloween. Uh, it was traffic was packed for the game on Saturday for ASU homecoming game as they hosted uh, the Utah Utes, in which ASU came out on top of that game, nineteen sixteen, which brings ASU. I believe that is four games in a row. It's a big time win for them, and also the aspects of their playoff hopes and playoff contending has picked up. And I was a bit nervous going into this game because, well, for for ASU, that is. I was a bit nervous because Utah, they're a strong team. They're a strong offensive unit, but they rely on that defense, and they win. they've been winning a bunch of ball games in the Pac-12 through their defense. And to hold ASU to 16 points, after regulation and after regulation to just 16 points. And ASU, they've been rolling on their offense, even though they have a little quarterback controversy in the past few weeks. I personally think they should be starting Berkovici, but Taylor Kelly, he's getting the job done. He's been 2-0 and these last two weeks that he's returned back from his foot injury. And, I mean, he's, he's still making the ball move on the offensive end. The numbers aren't as high as when Berkovici was quarterbacking, but at the same time, what all comes down to is winning the ball game, and they have their captain, their leader back at Taylor Kelly, back at the helm, and he played pretty well. I think he's playing better. He's getting better and better every week, but against this strong Utah team, it really showed uh, Arizona State's adversity. But, yes, plenty of playoff pickup talk has been surrounding the ASU program and. It made me kind of nervous this weekend because not only do did they had to host a big time game, but also it was 
Halloween weekend in the city of Tempe was incredible. Uh, it was traffic jammed, packed for hours. It took me about two hours just to get to the city of Tempe, and it, w- it was bananas out there. So that's a lot of distraction, plus with Halloween going on, along with homecoming as well. That's a lot to put upon these football players, these college athletes, for one weekend, and plus to concentrate and win a ball game with the visiting Utah Utes. But Arizona State, they came to play. They got the job done in overtime. And that, that puts a little, a lot on um, Coach Ty Graham for him to get his players to focus on the game itself. Uh, a lot of distractions happened during the, not only just the, during the weekend of homecoming, but throughout the week as well. So to keep these guys level-headed, focused on the game, uh, I think that's an incredible aspect of what t- Coach Ty Graham has these ASU Sun Devils feature for. Not only of that, another distraction is not to get ahead of what's ahead of them. The next week, this coming up Saturday, they host the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who just came off a close victory. Everett Goldstein led the Notre Dame Fighting Irish over to Navy, University of Navy out there in Pittsburgh. Eagle won, they won on the last uh, last drive. Everett Golston pulling off another magician play in the red zone where he loses the ball, he picks it up, and runs it in the end zone from about 10 yards out. And that really, that was kind of the play of the game, even though Notre Dame did have that game in control to begin with. I don't even see how Navy even got involved or even made a comeback, but Notre Dame's defense allowed it. They did lose an All-American candidate, their linebacker, Joe Schmidt. He won't be playing this weekend out here in the Arizona State. But I think that Notre Dame offense is pretty loaded, led by Everett Golston. Uh, He has a great receiving core with the receiving core led by Mr. Corey Fuller. It's going to put a lot of attention about where ASU defense stands and if this team is really for real. I think they are to win at the Washington Huskies at UW on the road. That's a hostile environment to win in. Then come back home. You got a Halloween weekend. You got homecoming distractions, homecoming parties, events, alumni coming back, ready to see the Sun Devil team play, sold out game. But they, they get the job done. And I think that you got to tip your hat off to Ty Graham and the coaching staff. They really had these kids focus. And they're starting to get a lot of national attention. And it's going to pick up even more once the Notre Dame Fighting Irish come to visit. If ASU, they're predicted if they went out, they are predicted to get a shot, I believe, at the playoffs, at the four-team unit playoffs if they went out in the Pac-12. And if they win in the Pac-12 championship, I mean, you got to put these guys in it. It'll be no question. But they got to take care of business and win a non-conference game. This will boost their non-conference up to another to a high level with the top five team in Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They got these guys at home. That's where you want them. You don't want to go play at a frigid Notre Dame Stadium. Not right now. But to come out here, to bring them out here to this warm weather. Well, actually, it's a little frigid today. Right now it's about 64 degrees out here in the Valley. But ASU, they get it's supposed to be around 80 degrees this weekend. So they've been used to the warm weather climates. Notre Dame has been in and out of warm weather, cold weather. They travel down to Florida State. And then they travel out the Navy with frigid cold and also having home games in the cold weather. 
now we can see them come back out. I think the weather plays a big difference. These guys are going to have to make sure that Notre Dame's going to have to make sure that they're hydrated, that they're hydrated enough, that they can handle the heat, and that Chip Kelly can really make sure this team is really focused on of beating ASU because they know what ASU, the teams that they have beaten lately, ASU has a good resume for playoff contention, uh, not only for that, but also to make noise for Notre Dame. They, I think this is the last big team that they play, especially on the road. If Notre Dame can come in and get a victory on the road, that'll boost their resume up as well because it's well needed after taking that loss to Florida State on the road a couple of weeks ago. It's a good thing they bounced back against Navy and after almost they almost let it go. Um but yeah, this is a big time game this weekend and another big game here in the city of Tempe and City of Phoenix. Uh I know these ASU fans they're rumbling they have, they already had been talking talks about it uh ever since the game ended on Saturday night after they beat the Utah Utes. But going back to Utah, I think if they finish out, they went out on their Pac Twelve schedule, um That'll make ASU victory look even more better. What also makes ASU victory uh, record, I guess you could say, what can potentially help it is the the win of UCLA over the UFA Wildcats, University of Arizona. Uh, yeah, UCLA just came out came out a little slow. Had a lot of lot of lot of penalties uh, in the first half. But second half they lit it up. Uh, Philip Hunley finished the game with three touchdown scores and. They put it on uh, Arizona Wildcats, Rich Rodriguez, and then they got slapped in the mouth. But the only ASU loss, but going back to Arizona State real quick, their only loss came up to a thrashing at home loss to UCLA Bruins. And with U of A losing to USA to UCLA this weekend, ASU still has to play U of A. They still have to hold, uh, play against Arizona and the Wildcats. So... Like I said, if ASU wins out, this victory of UCLA, the with that one loss, excuse me, with that one loss to UCLA, it'll boost the resume up even better if they can get a win at U of A. They have a lot at stake for the rest of their games. But Chip, um, Todd Graham is doing a great job taking it one game at a time. They got a lot of ranked opponents here in the last few weeks. And then they have to finish out their Pac-12 schedule. Not only that, they can get a shot at the Pac-12 championship representing the Pac-12 South, which has about five teams ranked in the top 25. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, that, that's outstanding. That just shows where the Pac-12 is at. They're up there competing with uh, the SEC, I would say. But you know how the SEC is. So once you get one loss, you don't really move in your rankings. I mean, Alabama has bounced right back up into it, especially with the Ole Miss loss coming at home against Auburn. I believe... Ole Miss had this game won on the last drive, or second to last drive, when LeVon Treadwell caught a pass from Bo Wallace, tried to take it to the end zone, ended up breaking his leg right before the goal line. It passed, couldn't get the ball across right before them. I mean, we're talking the inches. He was right he was right there, right in the end zone. I mean, he would have scored if the guy wouldn't have pulled him down from the back so hard and popped his leg, which made the ball go loose. I mean, we're talking we're talking into centimeters where the ball has almost crossed. And we would have been talking about Ole Miss still being in the top four and Auburn taking a drop. But Auburn came out on top. It's a game of interest. They did stop uh, Ole Miss again. Ole Miss had another shot. 
at the last drive, but Bo Wallace was out his main man. Treadwell, Laquan Treadwell, suffered a broken leg. He'll be least listed as uh, done for the rest of the season. I mean, this guy, this kid has been putting on sensational season. He's been having a breakout year. He's only a sophomore, but he has a ton of experience from his freshman year uh, with Ole Miss last season. And he was coming in as their leading receiver. Now, I hope he can bounce back from the injury because we're looking at a at an NFL wide receiver. I'm talking not just your typical on the roster NFL wide receiver, but this guy is a game changer. And Laquan Trevor, I really hope that he can bounce back from this injury. But it kind of it, it kind of puts a dim on uh, Old Miss Old Miss's game um, from Saturday. They had the game in control. Like I said, they were making that last drive with Bo Wallace. I mean, both teams were going back and forth. Uh, Bo Wallace and Nick Marshall from Auburn was putting on a great show, going back and forth, lighting up the scoreboard like he's supposed to on the offense. But it, it's just sad to see that how a great game can end with that with that last call. I mean, no, he did not cross the ball. He did not. The ball did not cross across the plane of the end zone, so you can't give him the touchdown. Not only that, you suffer with your top uh, all-conference wide receiver going down. That's tough on Ole Miss. Now it's time to see them how would they bounce back next week because most of the game plan is bought around this guy, Laquan Trevor. I mean, he makes big-time plays when needed, especially on third times. That has been Bo Wallace's outlet man. And now, just like that last drive where Ole Miss had, I mean, Bo Wallace, was, he was looking a bit shaky. Some receivers dropping passes, some balls. That could have been catchable. Uh, they did not make the play. And you're used to seeing Treadwell make those plays in those moments. All credit due to Gus Melzahn and that Auburn um, team. They're, they're still in the top five or top four in the playoff ranking. I think they will get in. And once they went out, they do still have a big-time game against Alabama coming up. And that, that that game is going to have a lot, a lot behind it, especially with the playoff race coming in. It's closing in. The college football season is really starting to close in. It's crazy how fast it can go by, but it's, it's awesome to see. Now you'll see a lot of games matter. The weather is changing, especially out there in the Midwest and a little bit of south and up north. Uh, the weather changes. So you you see a lot of teams going back to the ground. Uh, trying to get their running games more established. That's all Auburn is known for. Uh, it starts with Nick Marshall, who's a Heisman candidate in my eyes. And I mean, he was, he's been playing lights out. He's been throwing the ball really well. And he's just keep leading his team, keep leading Auburn to victories. Mississippi State came out on top against Arkansas, which I thought this was a big-time scare. But Dak Prescott came to the rescue once again. He had to be Superman. And he led Mississippi State over Arkansas. That game was incredible. I thought Arkansas had this game won. They were up 10-0. I was thinking, okay, Mississippi, they're not for real. They're a joke, and they're about to drop. But uh, they had me take a seat. They had me sit down, take a seat, and watch the rest of the game. And Mississippi State came back on top at home. If Arkansas would have won this, this would have been in their first conference victory this season. But instead, they take another loss. So that SEC West, I think, arguably, now you could say there it's a one A one B conversation dealing with the Pac twelve South, uh, with how many ranked teams are coming out of the Pac twelve South. 
So they, they, they got the option. They got the ability to compete with the SEC West. But moving on next week, I mean, the biggest game we're, th- we're talking about now that a lot of tension is going to be, especially also with the big t- in the Big Ten. You're looking at Ohio State, Michigan State. The game will be in East Lansing, Michigan. You can't knock Michigan State. Their only loss came to – their only loss had come on the road to Oregon, which they should have won, but they got – they kind of got tired in that second half due to Oregon's unstoppable and fast-paced offense. The Michigan State defense got really tired. But they bounced back. They haven't lost since that week two game. And they're entering their way up the bracket. Michigan State loves that teams are top or that are in front of them are knocking each other off. Michigan State loves that. Mark D'Antoni, he... You could tell that they they don't like they love being not being in the national attention news. They just want to win their schedule, win their games out, and another resume booster for them will be this weekend against the Ohio State University. Now Ohio State they can make some noise if they they still only have one loss, which I don't know what tragically happened with Virginia Tech. I thought Virginia Tech was the real deal after beating Ohio State on the road, but no, they're just a joke. Uh, they dropped, and they're not even in discussion. They're not even in the – not no discussion to even talk about Virginia Tech anymore. So, therefore, Ohio State's only tough only loss came to the Hokies, and luckily they've been winning out these last few weeks. Now they have another big-time test. I think this is, the bigger te- this is their biggest test since taking that loss to Virginia Tech at the time. And with them going to East Lansing. Now, if they win this game, Ohio State resume can jump up significantly. I don't think it still can beat out any of the teams that represent the Pac-12 or the SEC West. But once those teams keep knocking each other off, I mean, you got you you can't be afraid to throw in one of those Big Ten teams. They're still ranked ahead of many um, Pac-12 teams, but I think the Pac-12 schedule's way 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 more harder than. You're dealing with the regular Big Ten schedule. I mean, it's only, what, two Big Ten teams that's ranked, and they're going head-to-head at each other this weekend. It, that'll, that a game, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be sensational. So some big games coming up this weekend. It's Saturday. Uh, coming up, we're going to take a short break. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about some upsets that is happening at NCAA. Also, some big-time games on Sunday in the NFL, and it's a big-time game tonight. Uh, you listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Show. I'm in studio, Demi Lachey. Kwame, he is out for the day. He's supposed to be calling in. If not, you know you can always call in to the show yourself at 888-888-346-9144. Yes, I am in studio live today. And yes, I'm really about to lose my mind because I honestly thought Florida State was going to lose this game. I lost my mind because of what Louisville was doing. And I thought Louisville had this game. They were up 21-0 in the first half. I was ready to just throw the hammer down and start telling everyone, I told you so, I told you so, this Florida State team, they're not ready. They have too many distractions going on. There's no way that you can win. There's no way you can win out with how many distractions is going on down there with the Seminoles. But I was wrong. I was totally wrong. And Florida State bounced back once again. Jameis Winston played lights out Thursday night, and he made sure that Florida State came out on top, dropping down 42 points, winning 42-31 at Louisville. I was ready to knock Florida State all the way out. I was like, there's no way. It's going to be SEC. It's going to be two SEC teams now in that top four playoff contention, but I was wrong. James Winston, he has every fight in him, and he just he just wins. He knows how to win ball games. He's undefeated every time he has started a game thus far, and he he just doesn't lose. He finds ways to win ball games. I love the aspect of James because this guy. I mean, look look what he deals with. He deals with so many off field issues. Not only that, his running back. Is also going through some things with Carlos Williams. Got his issues as well. That's out in the open now in the media. That's a lot of distraction. Then you got to be the quarterback, the leader, the vocal leader, just to set the example on the field. And Jameis does it. I mean, I think a lot of NFL scouts they should look at that as well. No, his off the field antics are uncontrollable, and he's obviously. I hope he's trying to fix it for the seventh, eighth, a hundredth time in a row. But on the field, I mean, this guy puts those distractions aside. His mindset is incredible. This guy can throw two, three picks in the first half. In the second half, you you don't even remember that half of the ball game from his from his play, the way he plays out. And I was I I, I had them, man. I thought they were going to get beat this on Thursday, but you know they proved me wrong. They bounced back with a strong victory at Louisville. Now they're moving on to next week. Another big-time upset. Well, not really big-time upset because of the two programs and what they're known for and their history. 
But UCLA came out on top of your University of Arizona, U of A. Wildcats took a tough loss on the road. I honestly thought Rich Rodriguez and his boys, this would be no problem, no worries. UCLA, they can't, they're not ready for Arizona's fast-paced offense, but they were. They slapped Rich Rodriguez name in the mouth, winning 17-7, to and U of A taking a tough loss. Uh, that game was just a hard-fought game. I mean, UCLA just, they just really just straight up punished and won the line of scrimmage out there. U of, U of A really couldn't move the ball. Like we've been seeing that offense explode and what Rich Rodriguez is known for. But it, it was it was more all about UCLA and what uh, Philip Hunley was able to pursue. And I think his Heisman stock has risen once again. The guy threw for 189 yards and a touchdown. He had 24 carries, 131 yards on the ground. I mean, he he just flat out took over this game. Every chance he had the, every chance they got the ball, he just took it over in the second half, especially that third quarter. I mean, it was it was it was the Philip Hunley show. He couldn't be stopped. Every time it looked like he was running the ball, he would just throw it over the top of Arizona. Every time he looked like he was under pressure, he'll get out of it and take off running for a big time game for another. And it kind of happened on some third and third and longs where you look like UCLA was going to go uh, three and out. I'm sorry, I got his name. I messed up with his name. It's Brett Hunley. I'm sorry, not Phil Hunley. But I mean, regardless, this guy he balled out. Uh, it was averaging, you know, five yards a pop. I mean, he they really didn't need to hand the ball off to Paul Perkins in the backfield, but Perkins did his thing as well. Uh, he ended up scoring a touchdown in the second half in that third quarter. And I just didn't know where U of A offense will happen. I don't. Just, I just don't know where they were at. Uh, Suleiman, I mean, he was eighteen forty eight. He couldn't hit it. He couldn't hit a target. Uh, his throws were a little bit too short, a little bit too far left, right, behind. He ended up. He only turned over the ball once with an interception, but it was too many three and outs that you just weren't used to seeing from this U of A team. Now comes the aspect as if this team is real or not. Um, their Pac twelve, the rest of their schedule, they're going to pick up as well. So. Hopefully, you know, U of A they can keep winning until they get that another until they get a that shot against uh the Arizona State Wildcats just for the state of Arizona to keep that uh that that game even it's already a huge rivalry in this state from what I've learned thus far in my little time of being out here in this West Coast. But it will make it that much better. It will make it that much more important uh when these two teams meet at the end of the season. But you got to give credit to UCLA. You know, get got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Brett Hundley threw his name back up in the highs. I mean, this guy, just his running abilities is is incredible. Although his longest rush was about thirty yards, but you could just tell like he he didn't hesitate. Once he sees something, that's what I like about Brett Hundley. Once he sees it, no matter if he's throwing or rushing, once he sees it, his mindset is is set, and he goes about it and does what he do. He'll take off running. He doesn't hesitate. He's not afraid. And I honestly, I picked U of A to win it, win that game. But uh, UCLA proved me wrong. They won the ball game at home, and now they're they're rocking and rolling once again. And they have some big time games coming up. Another big time upset that happened in that football on Saturday. 
was the Florida Gators. Where have they been? I didn't even know Florida was even still trying to do anything with their program. <laughs> but obviously they found a way to tear up their big-time rivalry with the Georgia Bulldogs. I, I, I mean, I had Georgia winning this game probably. They they were at home. Florida came in, stomped them in the mouth, winning 38-20. Uh, Florida offense was rolling, and that has been a big-time issue. The freshman who has taken over for the Florida Gators, I mean, this guy, he's sensational in Treon Harris. He's a good quarterback. He's, a, he's just waiting to explode, waiting to happen. He's still young, but big-time play out of Kelvin Taylor with the Florida Gators. I really didn't, I didn't watch this game too much, but once it caught my attention and once Florida had a big-time lead, especially uh, in that third quarter, I believe they were up 24-7. And I was like, okay, wait, pause. This is the Florida Gator team who's been struggling all season to find that offense, who's been 2-3 or three in the SEC, and they were 500 going into this game overall. But now they're 4-3. They're 4-3 and, three. Um, they're three and three in the SEC. They're making some noise now uh, throughout their SEC play, and they had a huge big-time win against Georgia. Now, we do know that Georgia is still without their All-America running back. But he is due to come back November 15th and with Todd Gurley. And we know that team is all about Todd Gurley. And he led that offense. But the backup running back, Nick Chubb, is really he's – not, he's not that bad. He ran the ball 21 times, had 156 yards and a touchdown. And he also had five catches for 59 yards. And also a, a receiving touchdown late in the fourth quarter. But he did have a costly fumble when the game was in tag in Florida. They made sure that Chubb really remembered that fumble, how costly it was with them. Getting the ball back in Florida went 65 yards on a run play by Kelvin Taylor. That pretty much cemented the game. Uh, yeah, so obviously Georgia... They can't win with – they struggle. I'm not saying they can't win because they, they've they been winning the last few weeks without Gurley, and they've been doing their thing. I thought they were going to sneak back up in the talks with teams, you know, knocking each other off back and forth. But uh, Florida, they they put a hold up to that, and that, that really surprised me. That was a big-time upset. One more upset that almost occurred was West Virginia. They were at home. I really don't see the – this game, as I said, but according to the rankings, it almost was. West Virginia, they're ranked number 20, but they have been making a lot of noise in that Big 12 region. They hosted the TCU Horn Frogs. I thought the game was won. West Virginia they came down, gave the field goal, and they were up uh, 30 to 28. TCU tied the ball game at 30, and then they went into OT. Oh, no, they almost went into OT, but... TCU came back with that last drive by Boykin, which he didn't have his best games. I mean, this guy, he was, he's been on fire lately. I think he's the top, uh, I will put him at the top of the Heisman candidate. From my point of view, Trayvon Boykin, I mean, he's been playing lights out for TCU. He had a, what, a game a couple weeks ago, he threw for like seven touchdowns. I mean, it was, it, this guy has been balling out. Uh, struggled against that West Virginia team. Um, I like West Virginia and what they've been doing, how they've been upsetting so many teams in that Big 12 region. 
But they ran to a last field goal, last drive. Boykin finally put it together on last drive with them coming out on top over the West Virginia Mountaineers. That game was it was a great game to watch. A very competitive, two tough teams going at it in which, you know, TCU just came out on top. That was a great football game. I think it was probably one of the, probably the best football game to watch uh, in NCAA overall from the past weekend. But TCU Fornhawks still they're still making a win, and all they do is win. Going into uh, Sunday, you know, it's a big time weekend, and uh, like I said, a lot of distractions, a lot of hoopla around the holiday of Halloween. So it came rolling around Sunday. A lot of ball games came on Sunday, and of course, the big time matchups, uh, the Manning and Brady Bowl. Of course, they're going at it once again, and also the big time game. I think the game of the weekend. Uh, was Arizona and Dallas. With the Cardinals coming up uh, top, winning 28-17, this shows that the Cardinals, they're for real. They are the real deal. Dallas, I don't know what to say. Uh, they're they're in trouble just that quick. Over a two-week span, I mean, Cowboys was the most talked about team. Everybody's back on their bandwagon, jumping on board. How about them Cowboys? Yada, yada, yada. I really wasn't sold on them. I told them if they could beat this tough Arizona team, this Cardinals team, then I would call them a legit team even about two weeks out um, before they took the loss, uh, before Dallas took the loss last week to Washington. I was thinking, you know what, this Arizona game is going to matter. This is going to show where Dallas is at. Obviously, it's the same old Cowboy team that we're used to. they they just not ready for they just can't do it. I, just, I know Tony Romo's out. Brandon Whedon, he really did surprise me in how badly he played. I mean, he, he's just a joke. It just shows that the Cowboys are still your typical Cowboys. What really impressed me was the Arizona Cardinals' uh, passing defense. Their secondary finally played, stepped up. We give them a lot of we give them a lot of harsh uh, because they're the worst going into the game. They were the worst pass passing defense uh they were number one in the rush but their passing defense they they were really worried about that but Patrick Peterson you know he looked it was game time decision didn't know he had concussive symptoms all week came out and played and he played at a high level and it's about dang on time because it's the right time for him to start playing at the level and hopefully that tough hit that he took last weekend finally knocked some sense into him and not only that you know you can't just come out here and you know, just take it too easy on guys. Like, make it hard for these guys. Make it make your passing overall passing defense better. In which Patrick Peterson, yes, he did come to play. Also, Cromartie finally he came to play as well. I mean, these guys they're, they're the two leaders of this passing defense. They they make sure this is why Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, Bruce Arians. This is why they blitz the heck out of teams. It's because once you blitz, you you have a man to man coverage. Most of the time when you blitz, you're gonna that means you're going man to man across and you have a lot of trust in your corners. I mean, these are two of the I believe top fifteen corners in the game, maybe top even top ten, arguably. These two, uh arguably probably the best the best tandem. So of course you have the ability to take risks of uh going man to man across and throwing out blitzes and Tabos does a great job of calling that defense. They smacked DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray first game where he has been under a hundred yards. And yes, Dallas took a loss. And that's what happens when you can't run the football. You have to depend on Brandon Whedon. 
and he just he surprised me because of how badly you know he played and how badly he looked. You got Des Bryant, Jason Witten, DeMarco Murray in your backfield. First of all, DeMarco Murray is the best running back in the game right now, today, this season. And you can't – he's going to establish the passing game even better. Then you have two great weapons on the outside with Des Bryant and Terrence Williams. Arizona completely shut down this Dallas offense. I don't care who's quarterbacking. If you got weapons like that surrounded around you, you got to pick up your play. Arizona – and once they, I think once they found out Romo wasn't playing, they know Romo. He he, he has agility in that in that pocket. He moves around a lot. Once he sees some blitzes, he's he, and he has his escape goats to Jason Witten. He knows how to work that pocket. But there was no Romo on Sunday, so therefore you get a stiff Brandon Whedon who's going to sit in that pocket all day. And once you have a blitzing uh, Arizona Cardinals defense. It's going to cause the quarterback to hesitate. If you're a stiff quarterback, you're going to hesitate because you got to make quick decisions, quick throws. That still doesn't give Brandon Whedon any excuses. I mean, he played well against the Blitz against Washington with the parts where Romo was out. And he looked he looked pretty well. You know, Brandon Whedon, he's a trustable guy. You've seen the way he played out at Oklahoma State when he was in college. I mean, I I thought he was he put up way better numbers than your Andrew Luck and RG three the same year that he came out of draft in. He he looked better than Ryan Tannehill back in college. So you would expect, you know, that game to kind of turn over, even get better. You learn a bit more. But he went to Cleveland where he struggled, where he really didn't have an offensive running game like the Dallas Cowboys he's in a situation with now. But I mean, he he pretty much held the offense back. Not only that, you gotta give a lot of credit due to Todd Bowles and that Arizona Cardinals defense. I mean, come on. I believe this is the best defense overall once their uh, passing coverage game is intact and once these guys are playing up to the level that they should be. this is, You could arguably say this is the best defense. I am totally sold now with the Cardinals' uh, overall play. I mean, I, I've always enjoyed watching their offense play. I mean, they, they're not, these guys are not rah-rah guys led by you know Larry Fitzgerald, Carson Palmer. Michael Floyd, they're not your raw raw guys. Michael Floyd tries to throw a little swag in there and tries to get a little get a little amped up. But other than that, they don't they don't flaunt it. You know, they do what they're supposed to on that offensive end. They move the ball. Uh Dallas defense is still a joke. And, you know, people try to get sold upon it. Oh, they it could be an average defense. No, it's because that defense wasn't on the field enough. It shows Sunday that these guys still aren't the defense that they're expecting, that they were talked up to be. This whole Dallas team, I believe, the Cowboys team, and it's just going to get worse and worse. Now you're traveling all the way to London. You don't know if Tony Romo's going to play. He has a bad back. If you travel on an airplane, if you – I travel a lot, and therefore I know I have back issues. And this guy has coming off a back injury, also with a back surgery. I mean, so you're traveling all the way to London. That's a long flight to have your guy, your, your starting quarterback, with a back injury. Going all the way to London, playing a tough game. Tough. Well, nah. They're playing Jacksonville. Not really sold in Jacksonville. That's a joke as well. But Jacksonville, they're known to smack. Uh, their defense has been picking up the last few weeks. So that's another tough decision for the Cowboys. We're going to take a short break and continue talking more NFL talk. Uh, finish up on these Cardinals Cowboys game from Sunday and also talk about the Manning and Brady Bowl a little bit more. Uh, it's going to be our last segment coming up. So we're going to take a quick break here, and you listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be back.
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. I am in studio, Demi Lachey. We are ready for our last segment. Coming up here, we're going to, you know, just finish off on this, uh, the big time, I think I believe the game of the week. Uh, Sunday was there between the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys right before break. You know, we were discussing, uh, are the Cardinals, you know, kind of for real? Are they fake? And, you know, I was on the bandwagon with kind of America. I don't watch a lot of Cardinals games, especially growing up in Indiana, around the Midwest area. We don't, uh, you don't, you don't see Cardinals games unless it's, on a primetime channel or a primetime game, Monday night, Sunday night football, Thursday nights, or if they have a game of the week and they'll play it on Fox Sports. But other than that, you know, we don't really catch uh, Cardinals games like that back in the Midwest. So this last, this whole season, this season thus far, it's my first time watching this team play. And I heard last season, you know, they made a lot of noise, seeing them win 10 games, not make the playoffs, which I thought was incredible because that, that, they were a playoff team last season from a few games that I did see them playing. Now, this season I get a whole full chance, been out to their mini camps, to their training camps, to, uh, to their summer, fall camp, been to a couple games in the season. And you know what? This team, they just know how to win football games. They They have their own unique way of winning. They have their own unique way of coming together. And they just come together and win. And I think I give a lot of credit due to Bruce Arians, the head coach, because I've seen the way he brought in that Indianapolis team once he came to Indianapolis and Chuck Pagano got sick with leukemia, was fighting that battle. He had to take the season off. 
And Bruce Arians was the head coach for that car, for that Indianapolis Colts team. It was Andrew Luck's rookie season, and the way that they came together, you you were coming off a two and fourteen Indianapolis Colts team who got rid of Jim Caldwell, and you bring in a rookie quarterback. You bring a lot of free agents in. Uh, their GM, uh, their owner, Ursay, you know, had parted ways with uh, with Bill Polian, their GM. So you're looking at a whole new aspect of a team unity. Every everything was new in Indianapolis during that time. Plus, you get your your head coach goes down. He get he gets sick, so he's done for that season. And you have your offensive coordinator, uh, assistant associate head coach, steps up, becomes the head coach for the season, and just still gets that team to the playoffs. I mean, I thought that was incredible. He brings that swagger, that mindset out here to Arizona. Next man up. I love that aspect of it. Not only are the next man up, I mean, everybody says, you know, you got to make sure that the next man is ready, the next man is up. The most important thing to that is making sure that next man is ready and knows what he's doing. And that's exactly what the Arizona Cardinals are doing, not only on offense, but defensively with their injuries, suspensions, John Abraham not knowing what he wanted to do with his career, going to retirement. A uh, bunch of injuries going out here and there. Guys um, have little tweaks or whatnot. Carson Palmer, the starting quarterback, goes down. But they're still winning ball games. I mean, this I, they're for real. They're proving. Me and Kwame, we go. We if you listen on to the show, me and him have been going on about the Cardinals this season. And every time he asks me, uh, "What do you think about the Cardinals this weekend?" I kind of hesitate. I go, "Huh, I don't know." Because they don't, they're not raw, raw guys. They don't come out, be flashy with their offense. They're not going to put up forty points. Not going to put up thirty points. Uh, their defense, you know, they're a solid defense. They give up a lot of passing yards, but they don't allow teams to score passing touchdowns. They don't. Their running game is stout. Their run defensive game is stout. They you cannot run the ball against this defense, no matter what. The leading rusher in the NFL had nineteen carries just for seventy nine yards. He was held under 100 yards for the first time this season. And even last week, he touched the ball 19 times. He got over 100 rushing yards. I thought they should have ran the ball even more, gave the ball to DeMarco Murray even more. But Jason Garrett, he kind of gave what his play, his playbook, his strategy a couple weeks ago when he said he's going to take the ball out of DeMarco Murray's hands. I think you keep teams guessing. If you're going to take the ball out of his hands a little bit more, I understand you don't want to wear and tear. You're looking towards the playoffs now. You got a hot Cowboys team at the time. Now you're back in desperation mode that we're used to seeing the Cowboys in. So with them being so desperate, now they have that the question of, do we play Romo now? Do we sit him out another week against the Jacksonville Jaguars? And this game is not played in the U.S. It'll be in London, like stated before. So do you risk the aspect of throwing Romo out there? You're in desperation mode. You just took two back-to-back losses. How do you bounce back from this now? Philadelphia, they find ways to win their games. They won against um, at Houston on the road. So Philadelphia is in the NFC East, and I, they're right. Them and the Cowboys are neck and neck now with the NFC East. I think it's just going to come down to them too, depending on what the Giants do tonight against the Indianapolis Colts. I think it comes down to the Giants and – Oh, no, excuse me. I think it comes down to the Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC East race. But now you're gonna now you're in scramble mode. I mean, you thought you could trust a Brandon Whedon, which I thought as well. Brandon Whedon, he looked good when Roman went down against Washington last week. 
So you could trust Brandon Wheaton, but no, he comes out, throws 18 for 33, 183 yards, two interceptions, two key interceptions. I mean, this guy looked—he looked frozen out there. He looked like he—he he looked like he never played football in the NFL ever. He looked like he never started a football game. I mean, he started off so slow. It—it it was. You can't start off slow against a team like Arizona. I mean, they're just going to make you suffer after that. They laughed. They—they they were licking their chops after that first half. I mean, Brandon Whedon—he cannot complete a pass. It was. It, it looked pretty bad. I mean, they started off pretty fast, going up 10-0 in the first quarter. But after that, Arizona. They just did what they did, stopped and slowed down that run game, blitzed the heck, blitzed the heck out of Brandon Whedon once he was looking to pass. And they just took care of business in the fourth quarter like they always do. They shut down that third quarter. And, you know, you thought you could trust a reliable in Brandon Whedon. Like I said earlier, you got weapons around you. DeMarco Murray, Jason Whedon, Terrence Williams, and Dez Bryant. Which uh, there was never a Des Bryant sighting. Kudos, 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 and finally, thank God, Patrick Peterson came out to play and played a whole game and shut down a top five receiver when he was supposed to, and did it throughout the whole game. There were some throws that were, you know, you know, that were a little low, maybe a little bit behind, a little bit in front of Des Bryant, but at the same time, Patrick Peterson, he was he was in his pocket the whole game. Yeah, I mean, he was this, this guy. Des Bryant would have went to sleep. I mean, I think Patrick Peterson would have been the pillow. Like, this guy was on contact with Des Bryant the whole entire game. And also give credit to uh, Antonio Cromartie. These guys, Todd Bowles, he takes chances going man-to-man. It's hard to play man-to-man in this league. Nowadays, there is no, no, no more number one typical receiver. All receivers are good now in the NFL on each team. Any, any receiver can be a threat that day. Uh, the development of the slot receiver game and how those slot receivers can even play well. Not only that, the tight end game has come upon us. And Jason Witten, he had six catches and 62 yards, but he was out of the end zone. And then the red zone area, they did not allow Jason Witten to get open. It has a lot of kudos due to the, final, the honey badger. He's looking more and more. He's close to 100%, I would say, now. He has first interception of the season. I mean, he he looked like the Tyron Matthew. That uh, that I was expecting to see once I start tuning into more Arizona games because I forgot that they had Tyron Matthew playing that safety role, uh, kind of a nickelback. And you know, I was just like, you know, I was a bit worried him coming off the ACL surgery this off season, but he's turn he's starting to show that he is ready, that he's back to his normal self almost. But that's the scary part; he's not even playing at his best, at his uh, fastest speed yet. So the Cardinals. They are for real. I believe they are the real deal. Uh, they smacked Dallas in the mouth at Dallas. I thought going to the game, you you playing against Dallas Cowboys. The lights are a little bit brighter in the city of Dallas going into that stadium, going into Jerry's playpen. But the Cardinals did what the Cardinals do. Next man up, next man ready. Let's all take care of business. We're all going to win as a team. Andre Ellington once again I had a sensational ball game, won 21 carries, rushing for 95 yards. Not only that, he had a, some catches uh, coming out of the backfield. Uh, he even scored on a wide-open pass that pretty much cemented the game early in the fourth quarter, uh, putting the Cardinals up 21-10. And then uh, Marion Grice also scored his first career touchdown, 
He is an Arizona State University alum uh, just last season for the rookie. He went down with a big-time injury in college, but scoring his first touchdown. And that just shows that the Cardinals, you know, next man up, next man is not afraid. That next man is ready. Like I said, the lights are a little bit brighter in Dallas in that huge playpen that they play in. But this Cardinals team, I mean, you can't tell them nothing. There were some talks about, you know, Dallas having the best offensive line in the NFL. Now, there were some injuries that went on uh, on Sunday with the offensive line. But before the injuries and after, I mean, that Cardinals defensive line front, that defensive front just they, – they were smacking that Dallas de- offensive front at the line of scrimmage. I mean, like the fourth and one play, DeMarco Murray, your leading rusher. You're at a four for one. This is an automatic first down. Arizona moved that line of scrimmage about three yards back, and then the play to safety came around the end and made the made the tackle for a loss on the play. That just cemented that that whole aspect of the game of Arizona. They just play so tough, man. They're a tough team to play. They play with tons of effort. Like I said, not really flashy, but it came out with the victory. Another uh, one big-time game that happened Sunday was the Manning and Brady Bowl, of course. But once again, the game was in New England, which Peyton Manning, is he has a struggle winning in New England, especially with Bill Belichick and Brady at the helm, both playing or in one coaching. But the weather was a little bit frightful. It was a little bit of snow droppage, uh, a lot of wind going on. So you know Peyton Manning, that is his, that's where he just turns into – and a complete ghost, and, and that's what he did on Sunday. Uh, Tom Brady came out hot, finished the game hot, throwing four touchdowns. I mean, this guy, this, New England is rolling now. Now, like I said, the weather is changing now. It is the month of November, and everybody remember remember the month of November dealing with the NFL, dealing with all the football, college to the NFL. The month of November is the most important. It's either you win now or you get ready for next season, get ready for this offseason schedule. It's time to really start toning in and winning ball games. This is where you should have all you know, all your playbooks, you know, everything that you wanted to throw into the season, you should have it all planned out. Play uh game strategies are even more uh you're gonna take more time of your strategies each week, in and out of each week. A lot, lot more film on each other's teams. So the the whole aspect of the game picks up. And I think New England is a team to watch. Bill Belichick does a tremendous job in the month of November. I would like to see Bruce Arians and his Arizona team finish out the way that they started and not fall apart like San Diego did, which I thought they were the best team in football at one point. But they got smacked 37-0 on the road at Miami and benching Phillip Rivers. That's that, that story. That That's another story that – we don't have enough time for that story today. But one story that did catch my eye, um, I know we didn't get into too much basketball talk, but the NBA, it was some good games over the weekend. But uh, in NASCAR, just real quick, the brawl took place. Jeff Gordon and Ryan Kozlowski, I mean, this guy, Ryan Kozlowski, he's been getting a lot of articulation over the past few years. There will be some heavy suspensions handed out, and I think Kozlowski is going to get the better end of it. Or I should say the more punishment than Jeff Gordon will. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, We will be back live tomorrow. We do have some special guests coming in on the show tomorrow. Kwame will be in studio. So will I. 
Uh, thanks for listening to to me, uh, Demry Lachey. I am about to tune out, but we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, you all stay true, stay good, and we'll I'll let you guys tomorrow. You listen to Prime Life for Sports Talk Show. Talk, sports Talk Show. We're out. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.